Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there is Nikki Cece Kinzer. I was wondering if you were going to say Cece. Of course, I'm going (laughs) to drop that every time. I can. I don't know why, but for some reason, our uh, our podcasting tool has labeled you guest CC this morning, and that has just become your nickname. I know, right? I like oh, it. Oh, I CC. like it too. She's really smart about technology, CC. I know. She answers I saw questions. the tech. That's a huge she's, thing for our audience because they know yeah. I'm not the tech person, and I actually solved a tech issue. CC is amazing. Oh, yeah. She. Truly. I, she, you need to hang out with that lady <laughs> a little bit more <laughs> in my life. Yes, we are. We've got some fantastic guests who are going to help us answer the question: How do I talk to others about my ADHD? Uh, before we uh, invite them to begin speaking, we want you to do the drill. You head over to takecontroladhd.com and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website. Subscribe to our mailing list uh, or right on the homepage to get an email each time a new episode is posted. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD and call us. You can leave us a voicemail at 503-664-4ADD to get your voice, thoughts, and questions on the show. And uh, for those of you who have uh, already uh, joined our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast, we sure appreciate it. Thank you so much for your consideration this fine uh, ADHD awareness month. Uh, it, it means a lot. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, okay, let's dig in. I'm so excited about this. Uh, Gabriel Villarreal and Heather Clift are hosts of Informed Consent, a podcast designed to support and nurture incoming mental health clinicians who are in the trenches. Heather's a licensed professional counselor specializing in anxiety, trauma, family transitions, and counselor supervision. Gabriel is a resident in counseling, soon to be licensed practicing counselor, providing therapy at his practice, ADHD Counseling. He's also a coach at his gym, Lost Boys Strength and Conditioning. Both join us from Roanoke, Virginia. Heather and Gabriel, welcome to the ADHD podcast. Thank you for having us with you. Yeah, thanks. Our pleasure. Excellent. Okay, so how to talk to others about our ADHD. Nikki, this came from the survey. Yes? It did. I got so much great information from that summer survey. So again, I just want to say thank you to everybody who uh, participated because it really does give us a a great idea of what people are thinking and what they want to know more about. And uh, this was a common concern and challenge that people had. And it really was just how to talk to other people about my ADHD. How do I get people to understand it? Um, and, and, you know, it really starts, I think, because there's so many misconceptions and, and, uh, and wrong myths out there about ADHD of what it is and what it isn't. Um, and, you know, even, gosh, just as recent as this weekend, I had somebody ask me why it mattered if somebody got diagnosed later in life. And I just was dumbfounded. I was like, of course it matters. <laughs> They're still well, living. I, wait, wait, why? Oh, you mean, what does it matter? Because, because they've uh, been living with it all this time. Like, what does it matter if they got- Yeah, why bother? Yeah, why bother? And I'm like, oh, it's, it, it, it definitely matters because now they have a better understanding of who they are and how they think. Oh, yeah, and no. I got to go. I got to go sit in the closet and cry. I know. I know. It was really, that was just this weekend. So, I mean, it's real. It's out there. Those misconceptions are out there. I hope I did my best to educate that particular person. Um, and, and maybe they'll, you know, think more about it in a different way anyway. 
And that's what really ADHD <laughs> awareness is all about, right? I mean, that's what we want to do is yeah. talk about it and educate people about it. Um, but I still think people think it's the little boy in the classroom who can't sit still or, you know, they kind of forget that women have ADHD too. And, um, or they'll just admit that I just don't know anything about it. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, I don't know what this is. You know what I'm saying there, Pete, right? I do. I do. And it makes it still, I'm just, I'm just sad. I know. I'm sorry. It just makes me sad. <laughs> I didn't mean to start this. I did. You really brought it down. Yeah. Uh, so we have our, our guests here and um, I wanted to talk to them from their perspective to talk about how, how to not only like break these misconceptions that people have, but how, how do we talk to people about ADHD and, and, um, Without that fear, I think, because I think a lot of, well, I don't know if you can take the fear out. That's what I want to know. I mean, can you take that fear away from talking about it to others? What do you guys think? Heather, Gabriel, what do you guys think? Whenever we talk to someone about whatever it is that's going on with us, especially with ADHD, we need to be really clear about how ADHD affects the person, how it affects. Like if I'm going to talk to someone about how ADHD would affect me, I would need to be real clear on how it ha how that does happen. You know, I need to know what my strengths and weaknesses are because ADHD manifests differently in everyone. Being really clear about how it affects you and, and yeah. what that means to you as an individual, not just as ADHD as a whole. And providing them with some resources, you know, if there is, if this is a teacher or if this is a spouse or a friend or a boss, depending upon who it is that we're talking to, what information do we need to share with that person? Because it doesn't have to be, we don't have to give everyone all of this information. Um, we don't have to have a blanket cheat sheet to tell someone how ADHD affects us. We need to tailor it to who we're speaking to, know your audience kind of thing. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing that's so scary about it, right? Is that is that you know, if if you don't, I'm thinking about some so many of the questions that come in are you know people who struggle with ADHD at at work, for example, you know, when they they go to the office and they they're they find themselves late on projects, or they're struggling to focus, and they're struggling because they're in maybe an open work environment. You know, that's all the rage right now is just here. Everybody sits in a fishbowl and go ahead and be productive, and and it's it's hard. So people write in, how do I talk to my boss about this? I I don't want to set myself up. I'm feeling judged. I'm I'm feeling like everybody's staring at me, and and it's creating a, a really sort of terrifying kind of work environment. So you see where that fear kind of comes from because you don't want to put your your job at risk, you don't want to put your uh, you know your livelihood at risk or your your maybe your social experience. Um, but one of the things we've been talking about over the last several uh, weeks is this this idea that there is a sort of a normative assumed normative baseline when you're talking to somebody who doesn't have ADHD, uh, who isn't experienced with someone with ADHD, that the world around them is what is quote normal, and everything else is something that has to adjust to that. And and that can make it really challenging when you're coming to the you know experience of ADHD, uh, and, and in cultivating an experience of openness. You know, how do you engender that sort of positive relationship with people who you need to work with or experience life with? When I saw when you guys wanted to talk to us about, it, I was like, oh man, like I don't. I don't, oh, uh, for your listeners, I have ADHD, um, inattentive, um, and um, I was like, I don't know how I would, and I was trying to think back of all the bosses that I've had, um, all of the uh, relationships that I've had, um, and uh, it sort of has just come up. I, I do know um, uh, 
the job, the the last job that I had when I interviewed for that, it was just being very upfront. Like I suck at documentation. Um, I'm an amazing therapist, a really great clinician, but uh, getting notes in on time and doing them uh, the exact detail oriented way that you want them, um, you need to have some leniency. But if you want your clients to make some change, then you need to hire me. Um, and, um, so I think to Heather's point, it's, you have to know what you're really good at and what you're not, um, and what your weaknesses are. Um, and, um, I mean, let's be completely honest. I cannot think of a situation where you come out to your boss and tell them I have ADHD and they fire you. Um, that, that wouldn't happen ever. Um, and if, if they like you enough and if you, you know, do a good enough job, they're going to want to support you, um, to keep you on. Um, as you know, a supportive player in the in the job. Um, so I think when I hear this conversation, what I'm hearing is um, these these listeners that are writing into you. Um, it's all their stuff that they're kind of projecting. It's all their stuff uh, in terms of like um, I was really terrible in school because I had ADHD, and that's the case across the board. Um, and it's just not. Well, to your point, I I totally agree, and and I think that we have a real natural proclivity for taking ourselves to the worst case and making that the only reality that is possible. You know Limiting I mean? belief, yeah, right. yeah, right. I mean, that's that's sort of where we stand. But you know, it, it's interesting. We have. Um, you know, we have listeners who struggle not necessarily because they've come out, you know, with their ADHD to their employer, but that their their behavior around their ADHD uh, is is causing them to get into some trouble. Uh, for example, that in in their effort to be open, uh, they are not able to stop themselves from writing email, and so they write a lot of email. And their supervisors are being notified that they write too much email, and they have to stop emailing outside of their department. They're being reprimanded because they can't stop themselves from this sort uh, sort of behavior. And so it it is it, it's you know becoming a disciplinary thing, right? This this symptom of uh, ADHD that they're really struggling with. Um, it, you know, it's just one example of the kind of struggles that are that are coming up, and we end up getting copied on these emails of and sort of watching them have to figure out how not only to talk about needing an accommodation, but needing understanding from a very large company with very many disconnected uh, sort of uh, pieces. And and here's just one person who wants to make the the world a better place uh, inside the company and is is doing it so much they. They need them to stop. It's just the one example that keeps coming up in my head that 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 makes this whole conversation a little bit more scary. Yeah, I think um, I I guess what I hear when you say that is um, if it is becoming an issue, um, I think it's probably too late to co- to come out and say I have ADHD. Um, there's an old African proverb that says the best time to plant a tree is ten years ago. The next best time is today. Um, so I think if you are struggling with when should I come out, when should I let them know that, that there is this thing that I do that that I haven't learned to manage fully yet, um, that may be something that I want to bring up. Um, and maybe not in your interview like I did. Um, I own my ADHD. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that my ADHD is a strength. Um, and um, so I'm very upfront with that uh, information. But if, if you know, you're not there yet, it may be a conversation that you want to have later on. But I think you know, the sooner the better, and, and hopefully you'll be able to gauge how your um, uh, peers are going to receive that, whether that peer be a coworker or a boss. 
um, and just give them the information that they need. I, you know, you don't need to overload them with, you know, this is this is everything. This is all the accommodations that I need. It's just in this situation, this happens. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, bring that to your attention. And, you know, Pete, we've talked about that before when we had other episodes about, you know, do you talk about your ADHD with the work environment? And and I think that's a, a kind of a spin that we took on it too was – you know, you don't necessarily have to say you have ADHD. You can just simply say, I'm not good with the documentation. Um, so I'm going to need an assistant or I'm going to need some help here with the documentation, but I know I'm really good at this. I'm really good with clients. I'm really, you know, so really emphasizing the good, but not even necessarily bringing up the ADHD, just that this is a weakness, you know, um, we've talked about that at least in the work environment, it it makes sense. And I think coming at it, uh, with some solutions, it's right. helpful too, you know, and yes. not just say, hey, like, hey, I suck at documentation and, um, you know, what's for lunch? Let's, let's kind of right. move on. But it's, <laughs> it's, I really, I know for, for me and my part, I do suck at documentation. It's, it's, has been an issue since internship. Um, and I've learned to make it, um, good enough where everyone's satisfied. It's not, it's not stellar. It's not outstanding. Um, but, um, you know, bring up front about that and saying, this is how I've managed to make sure everything, all the, the I's are dotted and the, the T's are crossed. Um, so being a little solution focused will probably quell any anxieties that your boss, if they, I, I, I shouldn't say that it wouldn't happen, but, um, you know, in case it does happen, that their anxieties are, are kind of put to bed also. So I have a question um, for people who are newly diagnosed you know, a lot of times um, I will get clients that 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 were just diagnosed, you know, in, well, I have a client I'm working with right now who just was diagnosed in June. And so it's very new to her and she's really learning as much as she can about it. Um, and my question to you guys is that she's eager to learn, like she's she's really embracing it. But I know that there's a lot of people that don't embrace it. A lot of people aren't relieved, you know, they don't know what to do with it. Um, and they may have a hard time talking to family and friends. So I'm not talking about the co I'm not, I'm not talking about the work environment. I'm talking about like, how do I talk to my spouse about this or my partner or my kids? Um, you know, these relationships that are really close to me, my parents, like, uh, what would be your advice or guidance on that when they don't really know maybe how it affects them yet? That's a, a great time to get curious about what others see. The first thing we have to do is let go of our fear and our anxiety about how, the, how others perceive us. Because when we make the conversation about our fear, then our fear is the only thing that we're really talking about. We're not information across or gaining any information. Once we can decide the fear and say, you know, I just got this diagnosis. Here's the things that I said to this on that professional that led them to this diagnosis. Here's some information I've learned. I wonder what you guys see, you know, kind of thing, just opening it up and saying, you know, how do you perceive me? Do I do these things? Do you see something different? You know, kind of thing and starting a conversation. I like that. Yeah. And I think um, my, my big, the first thing that I do, if, if, uh, if I do have a child or an adult come in and we do diagnose them um, as uh, an ADHD or the first line of, I guess, defense, if you even want to think about it that way, is here's three or four books. Um, if this doesn't work for you, here's an Audible link for a free month. Go download it and go learn together. Go understand this together. Because if it's a total surprise 
to the actual ADHDer, it may be a surprise to, to their significant other or their parents or, or you know, whoever. Um, and going at it together is going to be a lot easier because then you have someone to process it with. You have someone to laugh like, oh, that's why I do that. Oh, that's why you did that like that one time. And it becomes a collaborative process where everyone is learning together. And um, you really, if you, I guess, man, if you take it from that approach, I can't see how you guys don't become stronger um, going about it that way. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that is just absolutely my experience too. Like the the world changes once you are sort of allowed to be, or once you avail yourself to being able to be open about your own behavior. Like, and I was diagnosed as an adult too, and I I just remember it was like lightning struck. Um, like so many things become clear, and that even though you know the experience of and sort of the cultural reality of ADHD is is generally or the perception is generally ne- negative it became such a positive and empowering experience because i now had a definition no i think that goes a long way even just having a definition i think at the beginning of the episode you guys talked about um kind of explaining it to your coworkers or to your bosses um i think as as a general rule of thumb um i assume that people either A, have zero information about ADHD, or they have incredibly wrong information about ADHD. Um, And I think I can kind of make that assumption by working in the mental health field and having clinicians that don't know what they're talking about. Um, And parents who maybe have ADHD that still don't know what they're talking about. Um, And then even, you know, people that have ADHD that are older than me, and I'm still like, I don't know that that's 100% right. That may be your experience, but that's not the experience of everyone ever. Um, So helping everyone kind of get educated and learning together, um, because there's so many misconceptions and myths and that are just wrong. Um, And then, you know, I don't know any myths or misconceptions that are ever positive, you know, like, like, (laughs) right. It's all, it's all negative stuff. Um, And you don't want to carry that in a, that uh, misinformation baggage with you uh, for the rest of your life because it's wrong. Well, and I think it goes back to what Heather was saying too, really understanding how it affects you because it does affect everybody differently. And so I think having, like you said, that conversation too, that it's, it's not one size fits all. It's not, it's going to be different for, for everyone. I have a question for Pete and um, Gabriel and Heather, you too. I, 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 um, I get, Heather, do you have ADHD? I'm not sure if you do or, or don't. I don't have ADHD. Gabriel's laughing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I and so we'll, I'm going to have this question be to Gabriel and to to Pete. Both of you strike me um, as people who are very you know you're very comfortable in your own skin. You're comfortable talking about ADHD. Pete, I know you are because here you're doing it publicly. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so are you, Gabriel. I mean, you, you have a podcast. You're doing it publicly. You've, you're helping, you know, that's the specialty that you want to go into. I am really curious, and I know there are many listeners out there who are really curious about how did you get to that point? How are you comfortable with talking about it? How are you accepting it? That's a really good question. I think um, when I'm Talking about my ADHD, I often tell the story of, um, um, you know, I, I put on a good a good face and I am very confident and comfortable with my skin, but I also give the disclaimer that it wasn't always this way. Uh, and I, the story that I tell 
is being in middle school and flipping through flashcards, uh, trying to learn my multiplication tables, um, and um, just being furious with not being able to get them and having to stop. Um, and I probably was there for 30 minutes. It seemed like hours and hours and hours. Um, but I had, finally had to stop because I couldn't see the cards anymore because I was, I was crying so hard. Um, so it was not um, all sunshine and rainbows. Um, more often than not, school uh, was a huge issue. However, where I became confident was I found what I really, really loved, um, and everything became um, infinitely easier. Um, I really kind of embraced, um, before I even knew it, kind of embraced this model of you need to stick with what you're really good at and avoid the things that you aren't good at. Um, and that lesson came with failing calculus twice in college, um, switching my major to psychology and kind of learning a little bit about um, childhood psychopathology. And um, that class that I took in my senior year of college was really hard. We had like 20 kids. And by the end of the, the semester, we had like three. Um, but I remember being like, this stuff is really easy. This is not hard. Like we're talking about it and I'm reading the book and it's interesting and it's really, really easy. Um, and then even in graduate school to get my, um, my master's uh, in clinical mental health, um, I really discovered how I learn best uh, and that's I learn auditorily. So I don't read, um, I don't read books anymore. Um, I just listen to audiobooks. Um, and I could literally sit in class, three hour long class with ADHD with a cup of coffee and nothing else. Um, and uh, I really kind of found my way in, in that sense. Um, and I think more often than not, ADHDers um, kind of have a measuring stick and say, I need to do things the way that everyone else does. Um, and that's not, you know, no one, no one does that, you know, not ADHD or otherwise, no one does that. Um, one of the metaphors that I kind of use for um, my younger kids uh, in practice is, you know, they're, they're a rooster on a farm and the farmer has put them in a black box and that black box is school. Um, and the, the farmer is confused why this rooster is never crowing at the sun, but it's in a black box. Um, it's only until that chicken can, or that rooster can come out and see the sun that it will crow. Um, and I think for the ADHD or more often than not, they are in that box being forced to, to perform in a way that they cannot. I just have to, <laughs> can you please, I, I wish, I, I know this is audio, but sometimes I wish like we could have flashing lights or something, you know, to highlight stuff. <laughs> because do you want me to like insert a klaxon like horn totally. in the show? Would that like, help? Pay yeah. attention to what he just said. <laughs> Rewind if you didn't get it because it is so important what you just said. And I'm so glad you said that because I do. I see it every single day where people, I should be doing it this way. Why is it so easy for everybody else? And, and you know, um, comparing themselves to... Um, everyone else, whether they have ADHD or not. And so I'm just so glad that you, that you brought that to our listeners' attention. And I hope they really take that to heart that you, you don't need to compare yourself to anybody, you know, um, and, and give yourself, just put the pressure off. I, I, I just, I love that. Thank you so much for bringing that up. You're welcome. One of the other metaphors, if I had no, I have a client that's like, um, kind of nerdy and like superheroes, um, I love superheroes. Um, I Hallelujah. love Superman. Sing it, brother. So, uh, yeah. So one of the other metaphors that I use is that, um, you know, Superman is only Superman when he's under a yellow sun. Um, Superman is not 
Superman's just like you and I when he's under a red sun. Um, and so that's why he was sent to Earth, so he could be under a yellow sun and be Superman. Um, so when I'm trying to, to teach my, my kids this, this idea of play to your strengths, that's the kind of conversation that I have with them is you need to position yourself under a yellow sun. Um, and if you're not under a yellow sun, if you know you're going to be in a position where you are not going to um, showcase your strengths, then either find a way around it or, or you know, avoid it at all costs or find a way to like muscle through it if it's absolutely necessary. Um, and most things, you know, yeah, for kids, most things are absolutely necessary, but some of them aren't. And you can find, you know, accommodations or even um, little tips and tricks to kind of give you that little bit of an edge um, to, to, to kind of showcase what you really know. Um, that conversation usually comes around like test taking and things like that. Well, and that can apply to adults easily. I mean, exactly what you just said can apply to adults in their, you know, in their everyday living situations as well. No doubt. Mm -hmm. Yet talking to teachers and getting parents on board when you're, when you're talking about children, having parents be able to articulate what their children need and to get as parents that you don't take the pressure off. You're going to parent differently because that's what your child needs. Every child needs to be parented differently. So if your child's an ADHD or you need to parent him or her differently and the teacher helping to articulate that to teachers is really important. Agreed. Don't take recess away, please. oh amen that's my biggest pet peeve is that that's this that's what they still do and it's like no don't do that no add more add more exactly yeah Pete, what about you i know people are going to want to hear about you too oh well i you know i don't know how interesting it is i it's a it's a a similar uh sort of parallel to uh, gabriel's story i though it's interesting most of my undergraduate was in my first uh, undergraduate was in psychology, and I was uh, I struggled. I I struggled with it. It wasn't until I was uh, I switched over to broadcast journalism, and uh, that I that I really thrived, and that the sort of TV newsroom environment uh, early in my career was something that was just a. a, a Hallelujah moment. I mean, I, I was able to move from thing to thing and focus very quickly uh, and move to another story and write a quick story and do my research and do an interview and move on. And everything changed, uh, you know, so dynamically, so quickly throughout the day. I just thrived. Uh, and, and then, you know, to sit at the anchor desk and have the lights on and, you know, everything was so such a high degree of stimulus that it, it it was really easy for me to stay focused on what I needed to stay focused on, you know, and it, it was great. Um, and, and so this was before I was diagnosed. I, I didn't know why I was actually doing well in that environment, um, but it was, you know, everything changed. Uh, and I, I think that held until I, uh, you know, I was diagnosed, accidentally diagnosed in, in you know, marriage counseling, you know, when the therapist said, you know, you're, you guys are fine as a couple now, uh, Pete, why don't you stick around and talk about ADHD, uh, your ADHD. I didn't even know I had ADHD. He just sort of figured that out. And that was, that was when my journey really began. And that was sort of, you know, later, um, and explained to me everything about my, my experience. So what, what made me comfortable, uh, talking about it was, I think the momentum of finding out late in life like it it was such an awakening of a moment for me that that i found myself just sort of fueled uh by the the 
experience, a sort of endorphin rush of knowing something new about myself, I wanted to tell everybody. And I didn't, I didn't see any baggage at all because suddenly I felt like I'm, Hey, I, I just, I, I know I, I, I call, I felt like I wanted to call on my old bosses and say, this is why I was doing that thing that one time. Hope you're well, <laughs> happy Friday. Bye. And then hang I up. Totally like, see you, doing that. Yeah. you know, I felt like I wanted to clean the slate because I, I, I got it now. I understand. Uh, and, and so that's, you know, it's why we do this podcast. I, uh, I just think this is great and I'm glad. I mean, thank you guys for sharing your stories. I, I, uh, I can only imagine that they're going to resonate with some people. And and I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Absolutely. We did talk to Melissa Orlov a little bit about, you know, when you first start dating somebody, do you say, Hey, guess what? I have ADHD. That was such a good episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was so good. And I, it was, it was great. And I think she answered that question that oh, might not be necessary on that first date. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but really what I'm, when I, when I think of that question, I think, you know, when is the right time or how do you e- explain it or talk to um, a romantic partner that you might be getting serious with? I kind of go back to what Heather was saying at the very beginning. And uh, again, just kind of talking it, well, I think hopefully getting to that point where you're comfortable with it and know how it affects you and then be able to talk to that person openly about it. And by golly, I mean, if that person is not receptive in a positive way, then it's probably not the right partner for you. I mean, it's not going to work, right? I mean, I, am I crazy for thinking that? No. I <laughs> nope. Think, See ya. Yeah. Get out the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not going away. So it. I can only imagine that that's... That's a good uh, deal breaker. <laughs> yeah, I always say to to any client, really, or anybody I meet, if the person is meeting you with that kind of negativity, you don't want that person in your life. doesn't matter what they bring to the table. Yeah, and I can't imagine they wouldn't uh, catch on. I know, like, for me, like, I do some pretty weird stuff. Um, and by weird <laughs> stuff, I mean, um, I have a stand-up desk I'm standing at, and Heather's sitting on the couch recording this, um, and I stand all the time. Like I do all of my work standing because if I sit down, it takes me that much longer to kind of get into a focused state. Um, but if I stand, I slip right in. Um, I, uh, you know, drink coffee at regular intervals. I'm very regimented about when I sleep. Like that kind of stuff is going to, like people are going to notice that. Like normal, normal, uh, you know, neurotypical people as, as they're called don't do that kind of stuff. So it's going to come up where they're going to be like, hey, why do you do that? And that's probably the good time to say, oh, like I have ADHD and this just helps me focus. Oh, okay. What movie are we going to watch tonight? Move Mm -hmm. on. Like it's not, um, it's not like coming out like you have like some like terminal disease. It's not like, and and I I listened to that episode you guys were talking about and it seemed, or I guess it sounded like that's how these, uh, your listeners were kind of wanted to present the information. Like I have, I have new, I have to tell you guys something. I have to tell you something. And it's like, it's not, it's, it's all good. Like, it's, it seems to be like it's only as big a deal as you make it. Right. I mean, if you present it like it's a terminal disease, then, oh, my gosh, maybe maybe it, it's terminal ADHD. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, right. And I think hopefully a good partner is going to say, well, how do, you, how do you manage that? I know um, that's, you know, some, sometimes that's what my wife has to say if, if we have to go to um, like a family function where I know I'm going to be sitting down the entire time. Um, it's like, how are you going to, how are you going to cope with that? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I guess I'll work out a little bit harder today, or I guess I'll, you know, do something to kind of get the jitters out. Um, cause this is going to be long and arduous and this is just what I have to do. Ask how you're going to deal with that, how you're going to cope with that. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's another episode, but that's a great way to 
give you that responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, because she knows that I'm going to be like uh, huffing and puffing and crossing my legs and wiggling <laughs> in my seat. And um, I don't know why that's strange because most of I can think of many people in, in both sides of my family is my in-laws and my family that have ADHD. So it's like, I'm not doing anything that you guys don't do anyway. So like, (laughs) like we all got it from somewhere. (laughs) That's what I was thinking as you were saying that it made me laugh. Like, you know, you say, Hey, I'm, uh, oh, I'm I'm sorry, I have ADHD. The answer will probably not be, uh, oh, okay, what do you want to watch tonight? The answer will probably be, oh, yeah, me too. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of where we are right now. Yeah, and I yeah. think in the beginning of this episode, I was trying to think like how I came out to all of my friends, but all of my best friends have ADHD. Like all of right. my, right. and it was just like, it's it's like, oh, we met like back when they, I don't know, they may still do it. Like at school when after lunch, y'all had to like, corral the cats into the nurse's office to take their medication it was just like oh yeah cool oh yeah cool oh that's why we get along so well is because we both have this this thing um so yeah they probably I can hear already know heather laughing in the background I know. <laughs> <It's> so funny <laughs> well this is great you guys thank you so much for uh sharing your thoughts and ideas um with us on the show today I really appreciate your time now give us a give us a plug. Talk about tell us about informed consent and and where you want people to go to learn more about you guys. Heather and I were like gesturing at each other, like you do it, you do it, you do it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, informedconsentpodcast.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, um, Spreaker hosts us, um, and uh, yeah, podcast is informed consent podcast. Oh, links uh, as always, everybody in the show notes. Swipe over on your portable uh, podcasty device, and and uh, you can tap on those links and learn more about Gabriel and uh, Heather and the podcast and their work, and even the Lost Boys uh, gym. That's right. That's a that's that's a, that's I you know that may be another podcast uh, in, in itself is uh, uh, you know. Oh, exercise. The role, the role of your workouts in uh, uh, in your ADHD. Oh, yeah, we could talk it will for be, hours. We could talk it, for it hours. It will be that. another podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get, and, and wait for that podcast because you won't you yeah. won't finish this up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you everybody uh, for downloading and listening to the show. As always, we appreciate your time and your attention on behalf of Gabriel Villarreal and Heather Clift of the Informed Consent Podcast and Nikki Kinzer. I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD Podcast. <laughs>